My name is Tim Barkholtz. I work for ExxonMobil, and I'm working on technology for CO2 capture. At ExxonMobil, we're working on a range of solutions, including a new way to capture carbon at natural gas power plants. Learn more at energyfactor.com. This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go here. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Ennis Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Ennis Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We are part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. This morning, I have two guests. Alex Spears. Good morning. <laughs> I've got Taylor Dickerson. How, howdy. Uh, howdy. Guys, howdy. We, uh, howdy. We, we've got some shoe news. You guys into the sneaks? The sneakers? Oh, I'm a big sneaker head. You're a sneaker head? Oh, big sneaker head. This is your pod. Uh, so... Yesterday, there were alerts that were put on people's phone that said Russell Westbrook re-signs and everybody just lost their mind. Uh, but it's he re-signed with Air Jordan for 10 years for, I have no idea how much money, but a lot of money. Uh, I think the big news coming out of this is that he will finally have his own on-the-court sneaker and that it will be, quote, unlike anything Jordan has ever done. So <laughs> It's going to be a sandal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's cool. You guys, uh, Alex, do you have any takes on this? Um, I think it's just a good reminder that like uh, the top stars in the league make so much money outside of their contracts. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd actually heard uh, Nate Duncan talking about this, how like when people were talking about the KD deal, you know, he took so much less money. Like, I, I feel like we're going to see more of that. Maybe not that dramatic, but just that like money isn't going to be the deciding factor going forward a lot in a lot of these contract talks. And so even though the thunder can offer this massive deal, I just don't know if it means as much as it, as it might like five years ago or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's more so just for the top, like five players, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like the max to Draymond matters like a huge amount or, or to a player like that. Um, yeah, Jordan's saying uh, it, it, we're going to come out with a shoe that's unlike anything they've ever done before. Well, that's tech. I mean, that's factual. They have <laughs> never done that before. They've never done a rust. They have shoe never before. done a rust shoe before. So, uh, just like just like KD's shoes, just all facts, baby. All facts. Uh, let's transition to Kevin Durant. He came out with a shoe yesterday. Like the actual shoe is really cool. Uh, like I, I really like the shoe, and then you turn it over, you look at the sole of the shoe, and it gets like strangely, like weird. And he's, I don't know. You can see his self esteem is written all over the bottom of these shoes. Uh, Alex, I just want you to talk about this for as long as you'd like. Well, I have a few thoughts. Okay. <laughs> first, my first thought when I saw. Uh, starting with the uh, the red velvet cupcake shoes, mm-hmm. 
Um, which again, were very cool looking shoes too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my, my first thought was that we really missed a golden opportunity as Thunder fans. And this includes Russ. Like, if we had known that he was going to put whatever name we called him on a shoe, <laughs> we, we could have chosen like really funny names. Like it, it doesn't even have to be something like offensive. It could, I was thinking like scallywag. Yeah. What if we had just started calling him a scallywag from the beginning? <laughs> the, the shoes are like, like we said, they're, it's a cool shoe, but it's also just super weird. That he decided to put all these things on the bottom, and then he like posts his stats there, and he like posts like the sixteen to one record and all these things, and it's like okay, like like we knew that everybody knew you're going to win a title when you went to the seventy three win Warriors, and mm-hmm. now like what are you doing? Like what like what is this? Like I feel like we as Thunder fans want to move on, but then things like that. It just brings it all back up. Like I feel like he's dragging us back into like this like strange like KD versus the Oklahoma City Thunder fan base feud. Yeah, yeah. it's just odd. Yeah, and you know I didn't think about um, I forgot as Alex mentioned that he had a velvet. What was it? Velvet cupcake or red, something? Red velvet. Red yeah. velvet. Yeah, red velvet. I forgot. So now there are two shoes. Now he has two shoes dedicated to this. And I just, I was thinking yesterday, I was like, is this Nike's idea or is this KD's idea? But I remembered watching this uh, documentary about one of the top, I don't know, he's one of Nike's top like shoe designers mm-hmm. who did basically all the Jordans with, with Jordan. And every single shoe, he would go like meet with Jordan or hang out with Jordan for a week or something and really talk to him and figure out like, who is Jordan right now? What's the story of Jordan right now? And incorporate that into the shoe. So I think that Nike like really works with these players, especially their top, their top guys to figure out like how personal can we make these shoes? Like we need to make this genuine about that player so that it it comes off right and it sells right. So I think Kevin Durant does have like a lot of say in what's going on on the shoes. Not just Nike saying, Hey, I think you should do this. And him being, okay, cool. I think it's them saying, Hey, what do you feel like right now? And he's like, well, these are my stats for the finals this past year. And then these are all the, (laughs) you know, it's so odd. Um, Alex, you you cut out, give us, give us some more takes. Um, well, when did I cut out? So we were, you kind of cut out, in the middle of talking about what we could have called him. It was right after Rapscallion. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I just felt like, cause like snake and cupcake, I mean, like they're fine. You, you can put them <laughs> on a shoe. Like, you know, when, when he first did the, the cupcake hat, you know, with the ring in the cupcake. Yeah. I, I actually thought that was like pretty good. Cause yes. I, I, I felt like OKC fans had kind of gone overboard with that joke and kind of beaten it to death. And so for him to like throw it back on us, I felt like that was fair and it probably should have like ended there because at this point, like this is his brand now, right? Like his entire brand is constantly reminding everyone that a significant number of people dislike him. (laughs) And like, that's his entire brand there's nothing like cool about it. And I I just don't, it's such a lame brand and I don't know who would want to root for that. Um, just like constantly calling out and giving voice to your haters. Yeah. Like, 
Um, when I think about like the way other athletes have responded, I think about those old Beats by Dre commercial where they had like KG or Colin Kaepernick or Richard Sherman, and they'd be like coming up to the game and all the fans are yelling at them. And they just put on their headphones, just tune everyone out, you know, don't listen to the haters. Like, I feel like that's such a cooler way to approach it than like constantly bringing it up yeah. and showing everyone that you're thinking about it all the time. Um, so I, I don't know. I just I just don't think it's cool. And, and it, when I was on Reddit yesterday, like the top comment was a Golden State fan. He was like, yeah, even to this point, this is getting a little weird. Oh, really? Oh, good. <laughs> I've wondered what like Golden State fans think about it. Because I imagine that like actual like only Kevin Durant fans that aren't just fans of the Warriors. They're just fans of Kevin Durant. Like they're probably like, oh, yeah, like suck it, everybody. Like I'm right. Like, and it's it's odd. It's it just makes you feel weird. Whenever I saw it, I was like, "Oh no, oh no, this is not good." Also, yeah. I think that somebody should Photoshop Kawhi Leonard hurt, George Hill hurt, Rudy Gobert hurt on the bottom of the shoe too, <laughs> under the sixteen and one. I think that should be. I just don't know like when this stops because I feel like we're we're a couple shoe releases away from him like having like a John Ham tweet on the bottom of his shoes, <laughs> like, something John Ham said about KD like two years ago, or like you know how people make like bigger pictures out of like tiny pictures. So he's going to get a picture of everyone's Twitter bio that's ever said anything <laughs> bad about him, making his own face on the bottom of his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally in line with his brand. It is. That's so on brand for him. Uh, I saw a lot of people yesterday calling him the Taylor Swift of NBA, and I hadn't made that connection yet, but that is totally what is happening here. Like everyone true. called. So for people who don't know, everyone was calling Taylor. I don't know. I didn't know this until Taylor Swift made a big deal about it, but I guess a lot of people called her like, a snake and they've been making fun of her for blah blah because she's a massive celebrity and that's just what happens right yeah. well she's like turned her whole brand about the, like her single was look what you made me do and no one's really quite sure what what she's doing but yeah um she like had these videos that came out that had snakes and i don't know it's just really weird and people are like what are you doing taylor swift and she's always complaining about people making fun of her but she's like the biggest pop star ever yeah should this be the place where kevin durant like you said i think the hat was good i think like wearing the cupcake shirts after the first game it was like ah okay like that's good like you that's how you like diffuse all of this like he he won the title he won finals mvp like here's where he should just be like posting workout videos of himself and like just staying quiet yeah. because now like nobody has any no one has anything to say but when you're constantly doing stuff like this and you're going on Bill Simmons podcast and you're doing all these things so like what I feel like he has strangely like he he should be at like the height of his powers with his brand and with stuff like this but I feel like right now everybody's kind of like step, stepping back and be like what is like who is this like who is Kevin Durant like maybe we're just now like actually being introduced to who Kevin Durant is. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. It really reminded me of like when a really like unknown rapper will like come come at like a really popular rapper 
And then, like, as the, like, famous popular rapper, you can't, like, do a diss track on this guy that no one's heard of. Right. Because it's like, who cares? You can't show that you, like, actually are listening to this person. I don't know why he's not taking this, like, very simple lesson. Like, yeah. I, he's just, he's he's giving a voice to, like, all of these people and letting us know that, yes, he's definitely listening to us. Yes. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> I've read every tweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The only fear I have is that we know that Westbrook is really petty. And is do you have any fear that he's going to do something dumb on his shoe that we're, then we're going to have to defend? <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like he he takes that kind of stuff so seriously, like style and fashion, right? And stuff to the point where he like wrote a book about it and talked about enemas in it. Um, I think that that. Wait, what? Did you not? Did you not see this? No, I didn't. So he he wrote style out on one page, and the E he wrote stood for enema, and then he wrote <laughs> this paragraph about how you need to like get rid of everything in your closet and take everything you wear seriously. Um, and so like he was like wanting you to have like an enema for your closet or something. A symbolic enema. Wow. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, he, Put some water in your closet. Let it cra- crap out all the crap. That's right. He uh, clearly takes all this very seriously. Um, I don't think he would. I don't think he would would do like a response shoe to Kevin Durant. I think that he. Um, I think that he takes it. He probably takes it way too seriously to do something like that. I hope so. I could be wrong because be I will wrong. defend him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a huge hypocrite. Uh, anything else on uh, these weirdo shoes? I'll probably buy some. I'll probably buy some. <laughs> I'm all in on these. Um, going from something weird to something really great, Anchor Down. Uh, you can go to Anchor Down. I don't know if you guys have had the Mega Coney there. It's an all beef dog, mustard, house chili, jack cheddar, queso, green onion, and fresh just bright green jalapeno right on top. They're so, so delicious. Uh, you can go get those at Anchor Down today. Also, their pizza tots are delicious. You can't go there without getting a, uh, a salad from there, too. They're so good. They got a great beer selection. Here in a few weeks, on October 5th, we'll be doing our live podcast at Anchor Down. So if you haven't been and you want a chance to go, that's a great time to go. You can hear us do a live podcast. Rice Young. And Fred Katz will be there giving their takes. Uh, it'll be after the first preseason game, so we'll have a lot to talk about. Come join us there at Anchor Down right on the patio. It's going to be a beautiful night. Uh, guys, Sports Illustrated is putting out their top 100 players. And the Thunder currently have two guys that are in the top. Uh, so they're all, all the way to 31 now. Uh, Steven Adams is ranked the 47th best player in the NBA. And then we have Patrick Patterson, 98th. Uh, first of all, Alex, were you surprised uh, where Steven Adams is ranked? Initially, like when I first heard the rank, uh, I, I did think it seemed a little too high. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I actually was reading through the list, like I don't know if I'd put him right in that spot, but he's definitely in the range of where I would put him. Mm-hmm. Um, it it just it, it does feel <laughs> it feels a little weird just because he did have a kind of a down year last year at least offensively, um, 
But then I look at these guys around them and I, I could see the argument, like even with someone like Andrew Wiggins, like even though I think Andrew Wiggins is a much better prospect and like he, he has a much higher ceiling for this year alone, especially with Jimmy Butler coming on, I could see a scenario where Steven Adams has like a better season than Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think he's in the right range. Um, I didn't, I didn't think any of it was like, that out of whack sure uh taylor what did you what did you think of steven adams ranking uh well i didn't i didn't really know what context to put it into until i went through and was reading like because they give discre- they give reasoning for why they put the player where they put them sure and i thought that they did a really good job um with steve of understanding and explaining like the kind of player he is and why he benefits the thunder so much and and why he's the 47th best player and um I, I like that I like that they just didn't rank all these players based on like I don't know, just like they improved their scoring this much and this is their PER versus this player's PER and and they really looked at the the like they really watched basketball games, basically is what yeah. I'm saying. And they've watched basketball games of all of these players. And so uh Forty seven. When you just say it, you're like, uh, I don't know. Are there <laughs> this many players like worse than than Stephen Adams? But then, like Alex was saying, once you go into the list and even read the people who are better than him, you're like, well, yeah. I mean, they're definitely better than him. And then everyone behind him, you're like, yeah, there is an argument for everyone behind them. So uh, I don't know. I, I liked it. It was it was cool. <laughs> it was cool. Uh, there's a few guys that I I was a little confused by. And I know that, and a lot of people will be like, well, I would want this guy going forward more than Steven Adams, or I'd want this guy moving forward. Their list is guys right now, like going into the season right. um, today. So, but I looked at guys like Miles Turner, even like Joseph Nurkic, who looked really good at the end of last season. I look at Devin Booker, who's at 64, and I just don't know if there's anybody in the league that would take Steven Adams over Devin Booker. Um but the I, I was I was kind of excited. I think it makes you a little bit more excited for Stephen Adams this season. And basically, Rob Mahoney's point was that he allowed Russell Westbrook to have the season that he did last season with his defense and his screening, and uh, they really placed a lot of value on those things. And I think that mostly those things are undervalued um, because I don't I don't know if there's anybody if you talk to like any any writer that would take. Steven Adams over Miles Turner with their futures just because of the skill set that Turner has. Uh, but to say that you would take Adams now, I, th- I think it's the right answer. Um, and it's nice to see uh, that two national writers uh, look at Steven Adams and say, and recognize his value and, and do put him that high because he is extremely important to what the Thunder are going to do this season. Now, were there any guys that you thought were like other guys so far that have been either underrated or overrated? Uh, I was uh, a little surprised to see Eric Bledsoe so high. He's at 38. Like Guys like CJ McCollum are behind him. Isaiah Thomas is behind him. Uh, even like Goran Dragic, who I think is a better player than Bledsoe overall, is there. I think that Bledsoe is a little bit too high. Like His injury history, uh, he's never aside from being on those Clippers teams, like he hasn't ever really won anything. So I was a little surprised to see him that high. Yeah. Speaking of McCollum, he was one of the guys that I thought was a little low. Um, I I think he gets knocked because of who he plays with. Like 
it's so much easier to talk about how bad his defense is because he plays with Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Like I think if if he was right. on, if he was running his own team, plus Dame kind of caps his playmaking ability somewhat. Yeah. Um, and I really think if McCollum was on his own team with like decent defenders around him, we would think about him a lot differently because then his defense wouldn't be that as noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I forget which, uh, which outlet it was, but they did some study on like who was the most dynamic scorer, like who could score in the most, the diff- most different amount of ways. And the number one guy was CJ McCollum. Um, and so I think he's, he's just going to be underrated until he can actually run his own team and it might never happen, but, um, he, he's one guy who I think was a little underrated. Yeah, um, something I've been thinking about, too, just sitting here looking at this list is I can't decide if they've properly rated uh, defense and offense or if they're giving defense a little bit of a bump over how good a player is offensively. Like, so you look at like, that's why Eric Bledsoe is ahead of Isaiah Thomas on this list. Right. And ahead of CJ McCollum, right. Mm -hmm. Is because of his defensive ability. And that's why. And I agree with this one, like Chris Middleton over DeMar and Carmelo. Like I. I probably think that, but if Chris Middleton were say five spots behind DeMar DeRozan, I wouldn't question that either. So I'm like confused. Like I don't, I don't have an opinion about it. So I guess what do you guys think? Because I don't know. Is it, are they properly rating it or what? Cause Jay Crowder's ahead of Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Jay Crowder was one that stuck out to me only because he's one of those guys. And there's a lot of these guys in the league where like, when you're not a fan of that team, you kind of like learn, you like get your idea about them and then it just sticks with you for the rest of their career. Mm -hmm. And so like Jay Crowder has always been better in my head than he actually is. But like throughout last year, even before the Kyrie trade, like if you would go read on Celtics blogs or uh, Celtics Reddit, like they were really frustrated with Jay Crowder and they would always talk about how much his defense had fallen off and like, and they're the ones watching him every night and like how slow he is as a shooter. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen him shoot a three. Yeah. It's like the slowest shot in the world. And so I feel like Jay Crowder is one of those guys who's gotten built up in our minds because he was like this basically throw in. And then he got this really cheap deal. And so it's like, well, from now until forever, he's a great value and a great three and D mm-hmm. player. Um, so I feel like he just got that label and he's going to have that label for the rest of his career. Yeah, I think Patrick Patterson's one of those guys too. Like, I think Patterson's good. I think he's definitely a good player, but with the contract that he got with OKC and just like the on-off numbers that he always had with the Raptors, he's become one of those guys too. I think he's going to be very helpful to OKC. Don't get me wrong, but I do think that there's a point that he is that he becomes a little bit overrated, like Jay Crowder. Uh, and when back to Jay Crowder, like you. You wouldn't take Jay over Brooke Lopez, Iguodala, even Harrison Barnes, Andrew Wiggins. Like I, I just don't yeah. think that he's better than any of those guys. Even like Avery Bradley. I think that Jay Crowder's right. or, uh, Avery Bradley's way better than Jay Crowder. But Avery Bradley's fifty four, where Crowder's forty four. Uh, and then like you get down the list, and it's like JJ Redick. Like, he's like, eh, like Gary Harris. Like maybe he's not developed quite enough. Uh, Drew Holiday at sixty, I think, it, like he's very underrated there because he's like basically right in line with Ricky Rubio, and I like mm-hmm. Rubio, but Drew Holiday can shoot. Like he can shoot the ball. He's not like a an elite three point shooter, but he can shoot threes. You have to guard him. He can run a pick and roll. I think that he's way underrated 
Uh, George Hill at 63, I think probably his injury history plays into that a lot. Uh, and it's also really easy to tuck him away um, at 63 because he's going to play for the Kings and he's not any good. Although, uh, SI has him playing for the Jazz on this list. <laughs> um, they also had, I don't know if you guys saw the list early enough, but they had Patrick Patterson on with on the Rockets <laughs> when this list first oh. came out. Uh, they need some, some help with some editing at SI if anybody wants to help them out. Uh, but anyways... For the most part, I think they they do a good job, and I think these guys really work hard on it. I know that Ben Golliver works really really hard on this list, uh, but there are some things that you're like, yeah, like Alfred Payton. Like Alfred Payton's probably not a top 100 player. Like I just I haven't I haven't seen that from him. I think he had a nice late season surge. Uh, overall, I I don't believe that late season surges like define people's careers. I think that it helps guys get overrated. I think Ramon Sessions is like one of the biggest examples of that. How he just, he had like a triple double and like was killing uh, teams with the Bucks one season. And I think ever since then, like I think that's the reason why he keeps getting jobs. Uh, because he had a really great late season surge like five years ago. But he still gets yeah. backup jobs and everybody keeps finding out, oh, Ramon Sessions isn't any good. But I feel like seven teams have had to figure that out. Um, I'm. I don't really understand why Alfred Payton's on this list, and I don't understand why Dion Waiters doesn't get on this list, and Alfred Payton does. That makes no sense to me. Well, Dion's <laughs> just Dion's just top thirty, though. That's the problem. We just haven't seen him yet. They he's haven't on, really. He's on yet. the snubs list, man. No, dude, he's in the top thirty. So <laughs> I bet he's he's like top ten, I think. So okay. we have like a, a week or two. So, uh, I talked to Ben Golliver and they were just uh, he, joking about the snubs. Well, he interviewed me about Dion and what I thought of him and, and, you know, what I saw when he was playing here. And so he said, you know, that's enough for me. He's top 10 on the list. So uh, you'll look forward to that podcast. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, it was like... <laughs> It's like three hours of just Dion talk and analysis. Uh, it, we weren't really deep. Uh, can I give you you guys my uh, unpopular opinion about these rankings? Yes. Uh, I much prefer ESPN's rankings. Whoa. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because uh, I think we all agree that these rankings are dumb, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I like, just know. in terms of like, I don't think that they mean anything. Like oh, the yeah. whole point, yeah, the whole yeah. point of them is to get the players excited so that they tweet at these places so that they, then they can like churn out more content about how the players responded to the rankings. Yeah. Like SI already has an article up about how people responded to the rankings. <laughs> um, people like so it I just though. Feel, like people, people tune, tune in for this kind of stuff. People, fans enjoy this and they like to debate it. It's fun. Right. It's fun. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I just feel like ESPN's is a lot more fun. Like if if you look at their methods, so SI's method, they actually wrote like a whole article on this, which right. actually didn't explain the methodology. Because I'm assuming <laughs> that it was like group consensus. Because it sounds like they like discussed it as a group and they came up with this list as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's one way to do it. But then ESPN's method, which I actually prefer, is that 
every individual person ranked them. And the way they did it was they would give you two names, like Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and you would choose one, whoever you think is going to have the better year. Yeah. And then they'd give you another two names. And it just keeps going until you like formulate your own top 100. Mm-hmm. And so that you so you get these crazy rankings because it's everyone doing it on their own so they're not subject to like groupthink or group consensus yeah. so like no one can check them for their crazy ideas so you get things like Marcus Smart at 65 and then like Carmelo Anthony at 64 and Lonzo Ball at 63 and I just think that's so much more interesting cuz it shows you like how people actually think about players before they're actually held up to the light like in front of a group Because I'm sure, like, the SI people probably had dumb opinions, too. But then you get with other people, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Now now I see that, like, we need to adjust Mm -hmm. that. And I think that when you you debate in a group, you do tend to favor those guys who are more, like, stat favorites, you know, like Jay Crowder. Mm -hmm. And those kind of guys get a bump. Whereas in like the ESPN, you just get these, they're, they're like insane rankings. Like the, and the differences between SI and ESPN are like dramatic in some cases. Yes. Um, so I, I just think they're more fun because it shows like what people actually think about these players before they have to like stand up and say, these are my rankings yeah. and actually face criticism about them. I just cannot imagine someone justifying Lonzo Ball being in the top 100. Before he's even touched the ground. Yeah. Like, that's just amazing. <laughs> what does that even mean? Um, and that, that means that like a significant number of people did it. Oh, yeah. Like, because they had a panel. Like that's that's kind of interesting. Like, And obviously SI didn't include rookies. Um, so that, that didn't even have like a chance to happen yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was interesting. Interesting enough, Stephen Adams is 46th in ESPN's rank uh, and 47th on Whoa. SI. So like he's like the I mean obviously he's in that same little range there which is interesting and then a guy Miles Turner that I talked about earlier is ranked I think he's thirty sixth uh, which makes more sense to me um, yeah but then also that you got Jay Crowder thirty eight again like people I think Jay Crowder's good like he's clearly a good NBA player and he's a good role player uh, but to have him over they have him over Demar Derozan. And I don't like DeMar DeRozan. I don't think his game fits as well. But there's just no way. They have him over Al Horford. They have him over Hassan Whiteside and Otto Porter and Andre Iguodala. I just think that's insane. Insane. Yeah. Um, but he's good. Like, I don't I, mean, I don't want people to think that we think that he's not good. Like, clearly he is. But um, he's he's way overrated. But Because if the Cavs legitimately got, like, Isaiah Thomas a top 40 NBA player in Jay Crowder, and then the Brooklyn Nets pick, uh, they way overpaid <laughs> for Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving. Like, way overpaid. Uh, but I think he's probably more in, like, the 80s, like 60 to 80 or something like that, uh, which is still a good player. Like, he should be in the top 100, not just, but not in, like, the top, you know, third. I don't, I mean, that's just kind of crazy. Now, did you see ESPN did rank Robertson? Um... He's number 85. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I honestly was a little surprised that he was snubbed from SI's uh, top 100. Because he's, I mean, he is legitimately a top three perimeter defender in the NBA. Uh, There were guys, Gordon Hayward and Carmelo Anthony and uh, James Harden. I don't think there was anybody that guarded those guys better than Robertson last season. And he's coming into his prime. 
and I think he's going to have a really great season next to Paul George and Russ because now he can just go back to only focusing on defense and basically being like your func- a functional big on offense uh, with Patrick Patterson out on the wing. I-, I think that I think that he deserves to be in the top 100. I was a little surprised he wasn't. Uh, Taylor, what do you think? Sorry, I was thinking about something else. What did you <laughs> say? Uh, <laughs> Alex, what do you think? <laughs> Taylor's just a big, he's such a Taylor head. He loves Taylor Swift. He's probably looking up stuff right now. Hundred percent is. He's only uh, Taylor things. He's just trying to make a connection to the rankings. <laughs> like where would Taylor Swift be in this? How mad would she be? <laughs> uh, did you guys see uh, CJ McCollum that when he came out and said that he wants to do a uh, NBA writers ranking? Uh, I did. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I would very much enjoy that because I feel like every writer would be trying not to take it seriously and act like it was just really funny. But then there'd be like some weird passive aggressive like subtweets going on too. Oh man! Well, and that's that's exactly what that's what I was thinking about. Actually, was like it's so funny that like the players they always tell us like in interviews or whatever, like, man, I don't care. I don't pay attention to that stuff. I don't care about that stuff. I'll just play my game, blah, 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 blah. And then Carmelo Anthony gets 37 yesterday and tweets about it, like how it's so disrespectful. And like, he's going to use this as, (laughs) you know, energy or inspiration to play better, blah, blah, blah. And it's so funny. It's like, you're all so full of crap. (laughs) You all tell like Kevin Durant, you're so full of crap that you don't, that you like accept that people are going to think what they want to think. And then you come out with all these shoes and stuff um, and talk and go on Bill Simmons four times. Um, and, and Alex, you're exactly right. That is exactly what would happen with the writers. Like they would try to act like we're not going to do that. We're smart. We understand that, but they're all like, I don't know. This is, I'm going too far, but they're insecure dweebs. And they would hopefully do that. <laughs> I think it's just human nature to like want to, yeah. like if you know you're on one of these lists, you're going to want to look at it. And then you will, unless you're the number one guy, you will immediately feel disrespected. That's just how, this is how these lists are made. Like Eric Gordon looks at 62 and he's like, oh, there's no way I'm the 62nd best player. I'm way, I'm way higher than that. Uh, you think Lonzo Ball looks at rank 63 on ESPN and thinks that he's way better than all these other guys? <laughs> he's probably feeling pretty good uh he actually should be feeling really good he's that he's ranked above carmelo anthony and i don't love Melo's game right now but to have lonzo ball above him is it's comical yeah i think yeah. anyone would be upset like when when they get ranked andrew you'll remember this this was like this was in high school. This was like the dumbest thing. And I'm saying up front that this was very sexist, okay? But a guy <laughs> at our high school designed a March Madness round of 64 called the Hottest Girl Tournament at our school where he's he seeded four divisions of 16 girls each, and then he printed it off on paper and would hand it out to guys, and they would have to like choose individual winners. And obviously the girls ended up finding out about this. And there were many girls who were not happy, like (laughs) not just with the fact that it was going on, but actually they were mad about their individual rank and like what girls they lost to. (laughs) So I think it's going to happen no matter what. Like anytime you rank people, people are going to be 
very mad. Yes. Rank we do do that. Turns out ranking humans, not the best idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know who's not, you know who's probably not saying, what the, I shouldn't be there. I'm so much better than all these guys. Marvin Williams at 88 on Sports Illustrated. I bet he woke up in silence and was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I did it. I made it. <laughs> He's going to put <laughs> I am he's better gonna, than Jim Johnson. He's going to put that on his uh, PowerPoint when it comes for his next like contract renegotiations. Eighty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, where do you guys expect uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook to be? Because they'll be in the coming days. We'll we'll get to see the top ten, um, top twenty guys. Uh, Taylor, where do you where do you expect Taylor? You tell me where Paul George. You think he'll fall, and then Alex, you tell me where Russ will. Taylor. Um, so I always think of Paul George as a top ten player, but then when I actually break it down with people and try to put him in the top ten, it's harder because he's like pretty much he's between like ten and thirteen yep. is probably his range. You know, so that's what I'm expecting. You got to choose a number, Taylor. Choose a number. Uh, well, a number between. 10 and 12, but not either of those numbers. Oh, 11. Okay, 11. <laughs> yeah, I think that that makes sense. I expect he'll be lower than 11. Mm. Mm. Wait, lower in t- which way? Like lower on the list, so he's higher in the ranking? <laughs> what? <laughs> he'll be, he'll, I think he'll be like 15th. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alex? Um... With, with Paul Russ. George? With Russ. Russ. Russ, I'm going to say four. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I I think LeBron and KD are a definite one, too. And then I have a feeling they'll probably put Curry, and then it'll either come down to Harden or Westbrook. And I, have, I definitely think NBA rank will have Westbrook at four. I could see the SI one talking themselves into Harden. I could see SI talking to them, talking themselves into him at like ninth or something, like something just <laughs> crazy. Whether I feel like Russ is going into the season a little underrated, um, even though he like just won the MVP. But is there another MVP, MVP candidate that people like talk themselves out of faster than Russell Westbrook? Because people, well, honestly, it's just kind of crazy. I think it was Curry because, like, when Curry won his first MVP, he came back the next year and his like he didn't have great odds for MVP. Yeah, which didn't make any sense. Like they had LeBron and all these people ranked ahead of him, and then of course he goes out and gets back to back MVPs. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, I think it does happen. I think with Curry, it had more to do with like his just like honestly just his stature. Yeah, and like his game, like he just is not as imposing as like a LeBron. Um, and I, I, I think the Westbrook thing is more personality driven. Yeah. And his game too, because yeah. there's just a lot of people that just don't that. And like the main conversation around this Thunder team is, can Russell Westbrook play with another player that actually has talent? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, all right. Um, I remember when Derek Rose won MVP too, it was almost the day after everyone was saying, oh, this was LeBron fatigue. Yeah. And so he always had LeBron fatigue as his blemish on his MVP. So those are the only ones I remember, though. I forgot about Steph. I never really questioned that one just because, I don't know, I'm an idiot. Yeah, I think that was like a GM survey or something, like mm-hmm. the year after he won, and like he wasn't in the top five or something mm-hmm. stupid. 
Well, and also with Curry, he emerged so quickly as a superstar um, because he was, you know, for a while he was like this guy that was like pretty good, and then he had like the ankle injuries, and he's coming back, and you're kind of like unsure what his career was going to be like, and then bang, like he's a superstar, best shooter ever, uh, and it felt like it kind of came out of nowhere, and so you wonder, yeah. like, is this a blip on the radar? Is this like sometimes guys just have like these crazy like one seasons where they just do this and then he came back and he's even better the next season um and then you add durant and it really takes a lot of the shine off of really all the individual players on that team uh and curry is a little bit forgotten now that durant's on his team um but i I want i would guess that westbrook would be ranked above curry but i do think that Kawhi leonard will be above russ oh yeah well Um, so I could see Russ at five or six on, yeah. on these lists. Uh, and it's, I mean, again, it's meaningless, but it's debatable. And honestly, if, <laughs> if you want to make people happy, don't rank humans. Don't rank them. <laughs> that's the lesson of today's pod. That's, that's the lesson for today. <laughs> if, you're, if you're out and about, don't, don't rank them. Leave them alone. Let people do <laughs> We rank thing. everything. There's, I'm thinking about it now. There's literally not one thing that we don't rank. When there's a collection of the same category, that's true. I have a I have a personal ranking of the uh, down to dunk hosts that I keep very secret. It's constantly oh, dang it! I don't care, man. <laughs> that's funny. You don't even know us anyway, so I'm not going to listen. I change it week to week. <laughs> no one sees it except me. It's a pri- private blog. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, guys, thanks for coming on the show today, uh, Taylor. Tell everybody where they can follow you on Twitter. And also, if you want to plug your your business, please plug your business. I'm just going to give you some time to do that. Okay. Um, I'm not going to tell you how to follow me on Twitter. I'm not really on there that much. But you can follow my business on Instagram. It's at Craig Proper Home. Um, and I do like I, I do some pottery stuff. It's mostly a home goods brand. So I make... Um, dinnerware and some vases and and i'm working on the website right now and it's almost it's almost up so follow me on instagram if you're on there at craig proper home and you can kind of see what i work on every day um also we are selling shirts the the old mtv logo shirt that you've seen on 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 our twitter and stuff and so uh we're taking orders for that right now so if you want to order a shirt in the size that you need unless you're a 3xl or 4xl then go to downtodunk.bigcartel.com and uh, and order you a shirt. And I'll take in orders until Friday, and then we'll order those and, and send them out. Order you a shirt, everybody. Uh, follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. If you're a Thunder fan or just an NBA fan and you're not following Alex, you should be because he's really funny on Twitter, especially whenever Kevin Durant puts out petty stuff. Uh, he's always a good follow. Uh, thanks for listening. We will talk to you guys on Friday. Uh, until then, hope you guys have a great day.